The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Make sure your underwear is tight tomorrow because you will have a boner. Where is he? I even wore my tight underwear to the bonus speech. Just relax, honey. He's getting ready. As for the underwear, I think it was just an expression. Like I may be old-fashioned, but the man says, wear your boner pants. I wear my boner pants. What up, party people in the house? It's Dynasty War Games. I'm your host, Jesse Schneeman, and we are here tonight to play Word Association. But first, let's say hi to Major Mike Casper, co-host Major Mike Casper. How are you doing tonight, Mike? What's up? Still not major yet. Fingers crossed, two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, my bad, my bad. Perspective <laughs> Major Mike Casper. All right, and uh, <laughs> my main man, Chad Mendoza, as almost always. How are you doing tonight, Chad? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, you know, feeling a little bit under the weather, but uh, yeah, other than that, I'm I'm excited to be here. We're just gonna call you Trotsky tonight. Uh, don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let everybody else figure it out for themselves. So, good old. We also have a host. Again, I'm sorry. We have a guest this evening. Uh, Dynasty War Zones resident rookie expert Dallas Hyder at Salad Galore on. Twitter. How are you tonight, Dallas? Fantastic. This makes the uh, fourth night in a row of recording rookie-related podcasts. You can tell I'm in the thick of the season right now, but Damn. I uh, would not rather be anywhere else because we are two weeks out at the time of recording, and it is uh, pretty dope. Very excited. So, wow. All right. Cool, man. That's that's a that's a little much for me. See, I I, I get a little. I, I'm at the point right now where I'm at. I'm at. I hate all the rookies. <laughs> I could take all of my rookie knowledge combined and not talk for five days in a row. <laughs> so I've I've just I've gotten to the point where like I've overanalyzed all of them. So I, I just hate, them. I hate every one of them. B. John Robinson's gonna be such a bust. He's gonna get hurt year one, and then year two he's gonna be you know. Like it's going to be the injury year coming back from the injury year, and then year three it's going to be like, oh, be John the bust, and you know, it's just like Javante. Oh, <laughs> Javante, come on now, too soon, too soon, too soon. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> All right, so big news today: uh, Jalen Hurts got signed to an extension. Um, you know, I've been giving my take to everybody who asked me. Everybody, for some reason, thinks I care. Um, Howie, jo- Howie Roseman did his job. He's supposed to do his job. He gets paid millions of dollars to do his job. So good job doing your job, Howie. That's about it. Anybody else have any takes on Only, Only in Philly would they, like, sign their franchise quarterback to a long-term deal and, like, guys in Philly would be like, what, do you want a cookie? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Does he get free cheesesteaks for life? 
Sure. I'll buy that man a cheesesteak every day of his life. <laughs> Win me a ring. Cheesesteak sounds good. Come on, let's go get my ring. So um, it's like Chris Rock said in his stand-up. You're not supposed to go to jail, right? You're supposed to take care of your kids. So don't brag about signing hurts. That's your job. Howie. D- did Howie brag about it? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I've right. been hanging out with him. <laughs> I'm in Baltimore where they're all real bitter about it, to be honest with you. Real bitter. I walked around showing my boss different articles about the. Why are they bitter? They should be happy because now Lamar should understand if he didn't get a fully guaranteed deal. And then if Burrow gets something very similar, then he should get his head out of his fourth point of contact. <laughs> oh yeah, I should probably sign the deal that's been offered to me. That sounds like a military thing. Fourth point. Yeah, that is. Time. That's your ass. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. Leave 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 those phrases at home, Mike. Here. <laughs> no, no Mike, that's what me. They need to hear it. It's very important. So first is the eyes. Second is the mouth. Third <laughs> is what? Nose. Penis. Hold on. No. Next. Next topic. Moving <laughs> on. I'll, I'll let you figure it out offline. Uh, I'm gonna have to Google that after the show. <laughs> what are the four points? Of what are the four points of contact on the human body? All right. So we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna play a game today, and I'll actually um, Dallas is gonna lead the game, and I'm gonna play. I'm gonna sit back and play a game. But before we do that, I have some IDP hacks. I know we don't do any IDP on this show, really. This is probably the first time we've ever talked IDP on this show. But we're currently in a startup at a DWZ Patreon, Patreon 17, by the way, um, where there's, you know, it's, it's a pretty heavy IDP league as as they go. Uh, start eight positions. Uh, even so, when you start eight positions, my first hack for IDP is that it's, it's really, really deep, man. Don't, um, you know, don't think that you need to fill all your IDP spots over, say, your flex offensive spots, right? Just weigh the positional advantage. I'm not saying ignore IDP, right? But just weigh the positional advantage that you may be, you know, you may be gaining. If there are three tight ends left that you like and 15 linebackers left that you like, let, leave Roquan Smith alone. You know what I mean? It might be smarter to take Javon Njoku just because of positional scarcity, right? There's really not a lot of positional scarcity in IDP. Every team has multiple hundred tackle players. Whether they're a good defensive or not, they have to get tackles. It's it's identifying those players, what's tough, um, can be tough, but also can be pretty easy. There's guys that do it year in and year out. Um, and all you have to do is look up the history, um, especially if you're playing on sleeper. It makes it real easy. Um, anybody disagree with that? Well, I, yeah. I disagree with it a little bit just because I, I think the most important thing, because IDP, there's not really a standard IDP format. So, right. you know, the, the, the points is what's important. So I think the most important thing is to understand what your league is. That's the yeah, most important scoring. thing. Specifically. Yeah. So look at your scoring. Look what's important in IDP. Um, look at you know who your league leaders are for the previous season. 
um, compare them to different positions, especially on the offensive side of the ball um, and your, your regular skill positions, because typically when people are going into IDP for the first time, they have a, a really good grasp on what wide receivers do, what running backs do, what quarterbacks do. And they understand that market very well. The IDP part is, you know, you can use that, you can use that scoring format to compare straight over and say, okay, yeah, I might want to wait on a linebacker if I can get a, a elite wide receiver. But if, uh, you know, Roquan Smith is one of the guys that's getting 180 tackles a year and there's not many of those guys, and he's somewhere up there in like the, you know, 380 points a season because there are some, some IDP leagues like that, you might want to go ahead and take him. Um, so, so that's the thing. You just want to make sure you have a firm grasp of your scoring. For me, sure, that's the most important thing. Yeah, that actually transitions really nicely into my second point. And that is if you're drafting on Sleeper, you go into the history, it will tell you exactly how many points that that player scored in the format that you're in last year, right? The last, I think it goes last five years, right? So it's real easy to look at who the higher scorers are, you know, in your specific IDP scoring format. So it's really important to know, um, you know, Jalen Ramsey is a huge name, but if the scoring doesn't lean highly towards interceptions, then you're going to want a safety who's going to rack up tackles, right? You really have to understand, that, like I said, the scoring, look at um, look at the points that they've scored in the past, if it's a veteran, right, compared to the stats that they put up to score those points, and you'll understand where players should go. Generally, when you when you have a DB spot, not a specific corner or safety spot, generally a safety is going to be better because they just ha- they they rack up more counting stats, right? It can be set up that a corner can be more advantageous and in a lot of formats the top I don't know 3 to 5 corners definitely are are draftable, are draftable high because they do put up numbers. Some of them put up high tackle numbers, some of them you can count on for interceptions. Actually J- Jalen Ramsey is a pretty good one cuz he put he puts up a lot of tackles. <laughs> Right, because he he plays the star linebacker role for the right. Los Angeles yeah. Rams. He doesn't play that. Well, I guess for the Miami Dolphins now, but yeah, but so but just understand that um, you know you you may you may be you may be able to take a, a safety that you've never heard of, Richie Grant, who plays for the Falcons, that may put up more numbers than a safety that just got paid millions and millions of dollars just set the safety market and Jesse Bates on the same team. And it's because of the position that they play and the counting stats. Richie Grant's more um, more likely to be up in the box and getting tackles, where Jesse Bates is more likely to be back playing um, playing free safety. Yeah, I, I do have a caveat with that though. Be very sure. careful on sleeper because with their IDP leagues, yes, the history allows you to see that the points scored in that, but the overall ranking at the position is not accurate when you're playing IDP leagues. So a lot oh, of times ever. you'll. Yeah, like ever. You'll see, like, for example, uh, example, a player you mentioned, Roquan Smith, was linebacker three in one, two, three scoring last year, even with that switch of teams. If you looked at, like, what he was in your league scoring, where it tells you number so-and-so at that point in the season, sometimes it'll read, like, linebacker 147th when he's literally third or fourth in the IDP league scoring that you're in. So just be careful that you're looking at the history and not those. And then uh, I did have a caveat with the last one, too. The one position I don't agree with, with your don't overrate IDP, is defensive line. Uh, That is the shallowest position in IDP when it comes to productive, consistent scorers. 
Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but a quarter of the leagues that I'm in are actually IDP leagues. So I'm actually huge into IDP. No, I, I talk about it. I talk about it a good amount during the summer uh, when I start to run out of, you know, sanity talking about the same offensive mm-hmm. rookies that I've talked about for <laughs> six months at that point. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big IDP guy. It's one of my favorite formats. Right on. Yeah. So thank you for the segue. Uh, speaking of defensive line, if your def- if your league is not separated into defensive end and defensive tackle, um, don't ignore defensive tackles, but really understand that defensive end is where you get your numbers. There are a few tackles like Javon Hargrave had a great year. Don't expect him to do that every year, especially with a different team, by the way. Um, don't expect a defensive tackle to have double-digit ta- sacks. It's tough to do. Aaron Donalds don't come along all the time. Yeah, Obviously, he was a dominant force in IDP for years at defensive tackle, but it, it's a real outlier. So just understand who you're drafting when you take a defensive line. Yeah. I would say an- another really consistent producer, um, he's getting older in age, but he still hasn't taken a decline at all, is Pittsburgh Steelers Cam Hayward. He's probably the most consistent D tackle slash hybrid DN that you're going to find. And you can get him super cheap on the trade market this year. So if you're in an IDP existing league or drafting, that would be a guy I would look to acquire. And speaking of older players, uh, segue again. I'm here for us. (laughs) (laughs) Professional podcaster. (laughs) Uh, Don't really, don't be afraid of older players in IDP. They're very replaceable. You can play the waiver wire. You can get them late in your rookie drafts. So don't be afraid in in your startup to go after older defensive players. They tend to age well compared to offensive players. I don't know why that is, but it is. You know, you definitely tend to see defensive players go later in their careers. So if you take a a linebacker that's 30, don't be afraid that he's going to hit a cliff. You know, a lot of times they'll have two more years, three more years in, you know, 30-year linebackers. Look at Bobby Wagner still playing an extremely high level. Yeah, well, it's because a lot of a lot of the production too doesn't have to do with the talent of the player. A lot of it has to right. do with the situation. True. So yeah. you can have a, a very you know piss poor linebacker who is a top five IDP player just because he racks up a lot of tackles in the defense uh, in the defensive role that he has. Yeah, they could be six seven yards down the field, yeah. still a tackle. Yeah, yeah. It's all about snap counts. That's the biggest mm-hmm. advice that I have for new IDP players. Don't pay attention to projected roles, anything like that. Look at the last couple of years of snap counts. And if they're moving to a new team, what their projected snap count is, that'll tell you immediately because a non-sexy name, another older guy, um, this is my favorite IDP stat to throw at people who are joining in the new leagues. Uh, the last two years, Alex Anzalone for the Detroit Lions has been a top 15 linebacker. And- both years were ranked <laughs> as a top 12 running back in the same PPR formats. That's how big of a difference that linebacker role to your RB2 is in an IDP league. So pay attention, folks. Damn it. This this draft better come back to me, Dallas. So what I'm here for. Dude's <laughs> at the top of my queue, man. You're blowing <laughs> in my spot. <laughs> hey, hey, Dallas, because I'm I'm dumb and I'm only in one IDP league, though I did win it last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're also, you're also a Chicago fan, right? Yeah. So what do you think about TJ Edwards in Chicago? Uh, it's really good. So TJ Edwards is going to be the Mike. There's basically no way that they do not put train, uh, Tremaine Edmonds as the will, just because the will in Chicago's defense with Eberflus has to be more athletic than what TJ Edwards is. 
which means out of the three linebackers, the highest snap share is probably going to be TJ Edwards. Um, he's going to be in, in running downs, passing downs, everything like that. He's not the most athletic, but he's very, how do I phrase this? Very good at positioning himself to where his athletic faults allow him to still tackle the guy. And it's no longer the safety's responsibility. I think Jesse would probably agree with this as well, but he, he's not like an athletic monster, but he should be pretty solid. Um, it's like Blake Martinez. Yeah, yeah, basically. It, it just sense. nuked uh, Jack Sanborn's, like, hmm. basically the outlook that we had for him because, like, that was a godsend for anyone who picked up Jack, San, uh, Jack Sanborn on the waiver wire last year for Chicago. He had, like, oh, I think he had four of his last six games last year were double-digit tackles. Like, it was just insane production that he was putting up, and that's what you can realistically expect for on a team that's still probably going to be decently bad on defense like Chicago. So interesting. I got so, him off waivers too. So TJ Edwards, I would, I would say is sort of like a rich man's Alex Singleton since you're familiar with him from the Browns. Yeah. Um, Ch- Chad had a good one. He said, it's like Blake Martinez, which is pretty accurate. That's about uh, what you can expect. Blake Martinez a little more. I think he was a little more athletic, but okay. I don't think so. <laughs> Blake Martinez yeah. wasn't very athletic. Well, neither is TJ Edwards. Yeah. I mean, I think I think they're both gonna have very similar roles, uh, and they have similar skill sets. I think it's it's mostly about you know the position play, mm-hmm. um, rather than yeah pure athleticism. All right, well, now that we've bored the living shit out of our audience with defensive <laughs> talk, let's get back to offense, right? Yeah. All right, so are we all are we all clear on the rules of the game? Or are we just going to kind of make I'll, I'll give I'll give a brief overview for all okay. the listeners. Cool, cool. Um, so basically what we're doing tonight is a little fun game that I kind of been bugging Jesse about the last couple of weeks now, and it is called the Rookie Word Association game. So what I'm going to do as the host for the rest of the show, basically, is I am going to be giving five players from each position, uh, give you a little overview, what to expect, where they landed kind of on the athletic and production metric side, just to give kind of an insight for some of these names that may not be mainstream for any of you that aren't super deep into the rookie talk even now since rookie drafts are still a little bit away now even with the nfl draft next week um then all of these fine gentlemen in the chat here with me will be giving one word recognition answers basically one word that represents the player the best of their ability i will then vote on which of the three words for that specific player i agree with the most very biased game as it always is here <laughs> on the DWZ Dynasty War Game show. So it should be pretty much on par. So that's generally how it's going to break down. As I said, all four positions. I went and tried to play some more fun names to work with as opposed to just asking you about Bijan Robinson and Quentin Johnston and all those fun big boy names. So is everyone ready and up to speed with how the game's going to go? Let's do it. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. All right. So uh, we will start with the quarterback position just because they're the easiest to breeze through. And the first one on the board is Mr. C.J. Stroud out of the University of Ohio State or the Ohio State University, as we like to call it there in Columbus. Uh, came in with a BMI that was very nice. Uh, he's one of the larger quarterbacks in the class, just behind Will Levis and Tanner McKee out of Stanford at 6'3", 214. Um, just so you know, for the BMI thresholds, I have all of these guys as a pass-fail, basically, for the range. At the quarterback position, you're looking at a BMI between 27 to 29, statistically, is where you get a, about 75% of the exceptional or all-pro quarterbacks in the NFL, according to 
couple of different websites. That's the general consensus. Uh, all of the quarterbacks I'm going to mention tonight fall underneath that category. Even Bryce Young, if you do believe the weight category that he came into the combine with. But at 6'3", 214, um, didn't do all the testing, so his RAS is technically incomplete. But his QBR in college was the highest out of the entire QB draft class this year at a 96th percentile overall. QBR, when it comes to quarterback stats, is decently accurate, um, but it's just a good overall kind of metric for production standpoint if you're not a uh, tape grinder like me and Justin kind of are. So he's one of the only players in this entire list, regardless of position for me, that hit all three metrics of expected RAS if you didn't complete everything the BMI index and the actual player co uh, college production profile, basically my word association word for it, just so the listeners can see where I was headspace wise was spiral. I think he throws the tightest, most pinpoint spiral in the class out of the quarterback position. And that's kind of how I associate CJ Stroud as a player. So we will go in alphabetical order here. Mr. Chad, you will go ahead and start us off. What is your word? Yeah, my, uh, my word's going to be timing. Um, you know, I think that, you know, the <clears throat> the offense that he was in, um, he didn't get to use a lot of his athleticism um, that we know he has. Uh, maybe it was just something he wasn't really forced into. Maybe it was something he just really didn't want to be a part of his game. Um, but, you know, his his game was pretty much built on spirals, timing, and, <laughs> and accuracy. Um, and, you know, really getting that timing down with his wide receivers and stuff, for, I think for him – uh, and the kind of quarterback he is is, is going to be really important going forward. Um, so, yeah, maybe he's not a guy that comes out, you know, and kills it, you know, week one, week two, week three. But I think as he builds that rapport and that timing with his his receivers, I think, you know, a lot of the uh, best aspects of his game is, is going to really start to show. Yep. Fair enough. Mr. Jesse, where are you at? My word for C.J. Stroud is nilla, as in a nilla wafer. All right, it's a delicious little cookie, right? It is a delicious dessert in itself. But it's not a great dessert, right? It's right kind of in the middle. Vanilla wafer can be made better with banana pudding, right? So you can have better than a manila, better than a vanilla wafer, right? But you can also have way worse than a vanilla wafer. You know, you could have like a, a handful of raisins for your dessert. That's disgusting. Right, that's that's what Zach will. Zach will say. <laughs> Nobody wants that. That's not dessert. I'd cry. My mom handed me that. I would sit, literally cry. Right. So, Nilla wafer. It's right there in the middle. It's a delicious dessert. It's something you're really gonna want, but it's not the best dessert. Right. And it's just. It's not a horrible. That that's DJ it's good it's a good reliable dessert gonna be there it's a weird response though to your mom handing you raisins if my mom handed me raisins i'm like mom i'm a grown man why are you handing me raisins <laughs> i'm talking about like, when i was a kid oh okay gotcha okay. <laughs> i'm not gonna cry at the dinner table at the age of 48 God. well that's that's a fair astute assessment of mr cj stroud what about you mike where are you at with mr cj stroud so, I'm going to be so bad at this game. I'm already going to admit it. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go with receiver. And I say that because... <laughs> call me CJ. Oh, yeah, no. Don't think like that, Chad. Just mute yourself, okay? But I say that because of his wide receivers, right? So, he had some of the best that are currently in the NFL, right? In Alave and Garrett Wilson, 
JSN, who I think is a consensus wide receiver one in the class. And he's got Marvin Harrison, who's junior, who's obviously going to be super high too. So I am not always an optimist. Um, I, I want to see what he can do in what he is given with the NFL team that his destiny is tied to, to see if he can, you know, raise the ceiling of some less capable folks. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting challenge for him. So I'll go with that. Okay. Receiver. Um, I don't love that one. <laughs> Boy, no, you don't. Uh, wide. How about wide? As, <laughs> you know, I'm an Ohio State guy. So anytime someone makes the argument of it's all due to the weapons around them, okay, well, you could say the same thing about Bryce Young. You can say the same thing about any quarterback. CJ Stroud's weapons were no. a lot nice. It was a no. lot nicer no. than Bryce Young. Do the top this, for Bryce Young. Let's go this, to Ohio this State year, Yes. This year, <laughs> okay, yes. okay. Let's take a year back and have the same conversation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. So that's just my thing when it comes to Power 5. Uh, also, Chad, you better be careful. I was about to give you a point here, so. What? <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was. No, 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 no. Uh, like no, I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. CJ Stroud, nothing to do with the wide receivers. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, I'll take uh, my point the, now. The point is going to go to Chad for this one specifically. Jesse, I'll let you know why. Um. So when it comes to vanilla, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think vanilla is what production-wise you got from a guy like CJ Stroud. I didn't say vanilla. I said well, nil. Sorry, nilla. I don't think nilla <laughs> is what you got from a guy like CJ Stroud. Uh, vanilla is giving you the same type of production that you would expect from a good quarterback with bad weapons, i.e. the 3,500-yard range, probably the 25 to 30 touchdowns. CJ Stroud was excellent in 40 plus touchdowns multiple years in a row, over 4,000 yards his entire collegiate career, balled out with the weapons, which is the bare minimum basement of what you needed. And he did that every year. So I have to go slightly above it. I would maybe, I, you would have gotten away with like pistachio, something slightly elevated above vanilla, mm-hmm. I think would have been better. Banana pudding with, you know, no, yeah, banana, that's three yeah, words. Banana, but three you words. Get one word. So it's yeah. not really on you in that situation. That's fair. That's fair. But we're going to go with Mr. Chad as a victor on the first point here with this. And that will transition to the quarterback. I brought up Mr. Bryce Young. So now I understand the game though. Yeah, now, now you understand. Now I understand that we're going on college tape. We're yes. not going on what we're projecting in the NFL. Uh, correct. So for me, uh, my entire process, I'll just tell the viewers also if you're not familiar with it, uh, I don't do projections. I'm telling you how I feel about every player right now. I'll help you with projections, predicting roles and stuff after the NFL draft. Right now, me telling you that CJ Stroud is going to be super successful sounds really cool until for some reason, I don't know, Tennessee trades all the way up, burns all their draft capital, and then C.J. Stroud just has to rock with an aging Derrick Henry and only Traylon Burks on the team for the next four years. That doesn't sound very good for him, does it? No. <laughs> so that that's kind of where I'm at with my projections on that. So it's just baseline college. We Gucci? Cool. Yep. Perfect. All right, Bryce Young, Alabama, 5'10", 204, complete lie on the BMI index, but we're going to ignore that and not have this conversation for the 50th time. Same thing with the RAS score. None of the quarterbacks really did anything except for my boy, who we will talk about in a little bit. Um, he was just shy, actually, of the second-place player, who was not C.J. Stroud, but another man later on in this list when it came to total QBR in college at 91st percentile. 
he checks two boxes on the metrics. He's not a super athletic guy when it comes athletically, when you're looking at um, the competition in CJ Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, um, DTR, even Hennon Hooker prior to his injury, all have better athletic measurables than a guy like Bryce Young. But he's probably the most consistent when it comes to the quarterback of what we've seen and what we expect without the top tier weapons this year, still putting up decent numbers and keeping Alabama in games. Uh, my word association word for him is rodent. And it's both due to size and due to the fact that his pocket presence is very Brady-esque. His ability to escape pressure and escape predators that are attempting to kill him repeatedly is very rodent-esque. So that's how I see Bryce Young. We will go in reverse order. Mike, what you thinking? Sorry, I'm looking at the chat. Um, <laughs> You're good. I might, go, I might go serious with this one, right? Um so I'll just say processor because I think he, out of what I know, because I just so you know, I do not watch tape on yeah. the reg. Like, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I watch as many college games as I can. Um, but from, you know, from what I've heard and from what I've seen when he has played my team, Texas A&M, um, <laughs> is, is I feel like he processes the field and better than anyone else in this class. Um, and so... Yeah, with that, I'm just going to go with processor. Um, yeah, in that he understands the play, he he understands coverages, um, all that all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go there. Fair enough. Reverse order. Keep on going, Mr. Jesse. Where are you at with Bryce Young? Well, you kind of you kind of stole mine a little bit. Um, I don't know. It, it it wasn't the same word. I don't know if I should go with that or yeah. I'm going to because I can't really defend anything else. <laughs> That's fair. So, I was going to go with Fivel. Okay. Right. So does anybody know who Five Hole remember who Five Hole is from their childhood? No. He's the no. mouse from um American Tale, I think it is. Like comes over on the boat, Disney movie. Anyway, um he's a cute little mouse that I want to put in my pocket and carry around with me. But I don't know if he's exactly a stud NFL quarterback yet, right? Um the the size concerns are definitely there for me. I'm definitely a size queen when it comes to quarterback. Um, I understand that he's got outlier written all over him, and he probably is an outlier. But, uh, again, uh, the concerns are really, really there. I think everybody understands what, what he can do on a college field. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Fievel. Bible it is. Right, you Chad, where are you at with Bryce Young? All right. Love me some Bryce Young. I'm gonna go with uh Houdini. Um Bryce Young is, I was is... About to say Copperfield. Damn. <laughs> that was the other one I had. Uh. Bryce Young is is when I think of Bryce Young, his best trait to me is his his escapability and his and his ability to perform off platform. Um and that really just gels with some of the height concerns. He's really able to make his own space. He's able to make his own throwing lanes, and he's able to just figure things out. Um, he has a sense for the field uh, that I think is is you know you can't talk enough about. Uh, some some of the times he's able to see rushers um, and get a sense for what his receiver is going to do off script uh, at the same time, and and you're just sitting there at the end of a play saying, "How the hell did he do that?" Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's something I'm looking forward to seeing in the NFL. Yeah. 
Uh, well, Chad's going to win this one again. Uh, yeah. I, I have found the errors in my way, and I will hold my word until afterwards. And then we'll just go with uh, the closest to my word in my perspective of the player is probably the safest way to do it because Houdini's pretty in step with how I see him. That's the word association. Uh, when I think of Bryce Young, I think of uh, – you guys remember that State Farm commercial where it's the old man with a dollar bill on the end of it? He's like, oh, he got to try yeah. harder. Ooh, <laughs> close one. That's how you feel if you're a DB or a DN trying to tackle Bryce Young. You're like, damn it, every time just never works. But going to a quarterback that I don't like – uh, and I will never support. And if you're super in on him, cool. But uh, I won't support your takes on it. Uh, will Levis from Kentucky. So big bodied, six <laughs> four, two twenty nine, uh, athletic freak. Honestly, he didn't do a lot of testing, but he probably would have been just shy of what Anthony Richardson was doing. Um, he was going to be somewhere in the ninetieth percentile or higher, most likely, when it came to whatever he was able to do in all the measurables. But again, he's a quarterback, so he didn't do a lot of them. Um, the aspect that he is not great in, and it was actually the lowest in this class, was his college QBR. He was in the 42nd percentile of all QBRs with what he put up in college. Um, pretty rough, <laughs> regardless of the weapons that are around you, the system that you're in. If you're touted as being what most people do as a top, what what would you say is the farthest he falls? Probably 11. Tennessee is probably. Yeah. The yeah, lowest that he falls, fifteen. Yeah, but yeah, so, yeah. So you're, that you're telling me that uh, yeah, top fifteen quarterback in the NFL draft has a QBR that's under fifty or uh, under the fiftieth percentile. Uh, that's that's not something that I am in on, is what I would say. So, um, Jesse, let's go with you first on this one. What is your word association when it comes to Will Levis? Will Levis for me is misunderstood. Mm. Okay, I literally had to turn off a podcast the other day. It's a well-known podcast. It's a good podcast, but they had a guest on. I'm not going to say which one it, which one it is. I'm not going to say who the guest is. Was I'm it mine? No, of course not. <laughs> I don't want to trash anybody. But this is a, a podcast I listen to. At least not while you're, while you're on the show. Yeah, not you know, We're just going to, we're going to wait till next episode for that. Literally had to turn it off because the analyst was trying to tell me that Will Levis can't run because he didn't. Right. That's ridiculous. All right. Just understand that Will Levis's quarterback, his coach literally came out in the media and said, I'm not going to run him. He could run for a thousand yards this year. The quote was, but I don't, I don't, I don't do things that way. I'm, I'm not trying to get the guy killed. Right. That's, he doesn't run his quarterback. So obviously he's not going to run. So he was forced into a system that he wasn't comfortable with a system that where he was kind of a square peg. Right. And like I said, forced to do something he wasn't he wasn't comfortable with. I, I think he's misunderstood as a prospect. He has high level traits. He's being I don't want to say miscoached, but not coached to his strengths. And um, to me, inconsistency is expected when you're put in a in a situation like that. Yeah. He was set up to fail and probably work through it better than uh, most people in his situation would. You know, I, you take a guy that, that puts mayonnaise in his coffee, eats bananas whole with the peel on them that are rotten and brown. I mean, he is a misunderstood man. We don't, we don't get this guy at all as a community. 
right. The mayonnaise thing is absolutely disgusting. I'm just going to throw that out there. It is so disgusting. It's all lumpy. Like, I like Will Levis, and I am I feel like I'm going to have a decent amount of Will Levis personally, but it almost makes me not want to draft him. That's how bad it is. Because now every time I think of him, I'm thinking of mayonnaise, and I hate mayonnaise. Yeah, so I mean, it's, yeah, uh, wow, it's I'm, terrible. I'm an anti-mayonnaise guy. And I love coffee, and look what he's doing to coffee. So I, I don't know that I can justify. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's pretty gross on all accounts. But Chad, since you have another strong take on uh, Mr. Levis, what's your word association with me? Yeah, but I also have a really strong take on winning, which is I like to win. So um, I'm gonna go with something negative, uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say robotic. Um, so one thing that I really have a tough time with will levis on is his mechanics it, it's very stiff uh it's almost like it i guess i guess a better word would have been rigid right like he, he's a very rigid thrower um and sometimes it, it i think it it lends to his inaccuracy um and his inconsistency uh i don't know that it's something he's going to be able to fix and some people blame it on the bulk and stuff like that i don't think that's it i think he's just a it's just you know his mechanics um and i don't know that it can be fixed but um, I also don't think it's a killer, but yeah, we'll see. Fair enough. What about you, Mike? Where are you at with Levin? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just seeing the chat comments. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we no. have we have a, an amazing <laughs> comment in chat here. <laughs> that guy Mike Casper has a lot of knowledge <laughs> on the game. Been following him for years. Truly inspirational. <laughs> this, is my, this is the kid I called a tool last week. So, uh, <laughs> I got it. It's one of one it's one of Mike's students looking for extra credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's not even in my class, believe it or not. Jesus it's not even sad. believable. At least he could say, Oh, that Mike guy's pretty mediocre, but I like his smile. You know, like <laughs> oh, that's like uh, the worst takes I've ever given on this podcast. All right, so I'm just gonna get get this out of here. So um my word is smoking, and I did that because his most comparable person on player profiler, which I thought was interesting. I was like, huh, that works, was Jay Cutler. They you know, stole it from me, all right? No smoking one can say I was not the first person to say Jay Cutler. <laughs> it's true. Um, that was said last year. Yeah, last I really, year I brought this up. <laughs> and I, but, I mean, this, it does focus on metrics and things like that when comparing yeah. them too. But I also think, like, his quirkiness and stuff that, you know, we've discussed earlier is – you know, kind of entry. Jay Cutler was an odd dude. Like I was a Broncos fan. I lived through that time. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm just gonna go with that and and leave it at that. Well, guess what, Mike? You're breaking history here. You won the round because no! <laughs> it's because of the comment. It's because well, of the comment. no, yeah. because that's yeah, my comp really, for him. Really and playing to the judge there. It's it's my comp for him in general. So yeah. if you listen to my stuff, good job. Yeah. You knew where I was gonna go. But my word for him is reckless. He has the same reckless tendencies that Jay Color has. That's what I see every time I watch a guy like Will Levis. Is it's a little bit of Jameis, but I liken him more to Jay kind of because of uh, what Chad said, his just mechanics are weird. Like it's like a if Mitchell Trubisky and Jay Cutler had a baby, you'd probably have something pretty similar to Will Levis, which isn't great. I think it's like, it's even hard to compare anybody to him. Like his, I don't, I've at least personally, I've never seen anybody who consistently throws. So like, yeah, just rigid. I mean, like, it's like, it's almost like he's a, like he's a, a, um, like he's a robot in the early stages of development. Like, (laughs) 
you know, 2042 where we haven't got the real motions down yet and they're yeah. still just kind of figuring it out or like quite uh, been able to take over the world. Uh, another but, one with uh, that is like a, a late career Ben Roethlisberger where it's yeah, like, it yeah, it's look good. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. needs to add a little grease to the shoulder or something. Yeah. <laughs> Something, yeah. Okay, well, Mike steals the rounds. Uh, we are now going to talk about one of my favorite quarterbacks, and it is not because I think he's the best. I just think I love the potential. This is another guy that the community is starting to kind of hop on the train a little bit, and this is another person that you guys may have heard me talk about about a year ago when I was talking about Levis. It's Mr. Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA. This is a guy who's a fifth-year starter, and – He's got an interesting profile. If you like an athletic quarterback and you're looking for that type of mold, he's kind of your guy. His RAS score, he, one, he's one of the only quarterbacks that tested every athletic metric. And he put up 86th, almost 87th percentile athletic metrics from the quarterback position all time. Um, he was 81st in QBR, which ranked him sixth in the class overall out of all the quarterbacks. And he came in and weighed a little bit bigger and a little bit taller than expected at 6'2", 204. So he's a guy. Again, as I said, there was only six players on the list total of all positions that hit both the BMI, or not both, but the BMIs, the RAS score metrics, and the production profile in college with the QBR dominator. He hit all three. What's your word? For DTR, uh, Mike, I'll be nice and leave you to last on this one. No, 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 <laughs> we can get this with... out of the way. No, we got this. We got okay, this. Go I ahead. totally got this. Where you um, at? <laughs> so you know, you know the scene in uh, Guardians in the Galaxy where Star Lord tells the guy his name, right? And he goes, <laughs> "Who?" Yes. That's all I got. That's what I got. <laughs> Fair I enough. Have no idea who that even is. That's the first time I've ever heard that name in my entire life. <laughs> So deep cuts. I came for the deep cuts. <laughs> so I will hear you all tell me everything about him. Mike said I could tell you more about Marvel movies than I could this quarterback. <laughs> all right, Chad, where are you at with DTR? What's your word? Uh, my word for, for DTR is almost. Mm. Right? Where he has so many things that he does fairly well but not quite to the level that puts him in, in first-round conversation for me. So, you know, he's an interesting prospect because of his athleticism, because of his ability to make plays, uh, you know, his statistical profile. But it's just not quite there. So, yeah, could he could he be a guy that somebody selects in the, you know, I don't know, maybe third round or something, um, and he ends up being, you know, a really good quarterback in this class who, who ends up to be really productive and finds his way – um, as a starter into the NFL, that wouldn't shock me. Um, you know, similar to a guy like Russell Wilson or something. Yeah, I mean, I, that wouldn't shock me at all. But he's just he's just an almost guy for me. Fair enough. Where yeah, Jesse, I saw a pretty strong uh, strong face pop on your, uh, your mug over there when I said DTR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I I actually have, I mean, I, I have a, a well formed idea for DTR, and that's long shot. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he's from Vegas. Right. So he's kind of a gamble. And that's what I got. You know, he's 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 definitely not one of the pro- one of the top prospects, but he's definitely got some traits. Um, he's a long shot to make it, but he definitely could. Yeah. Long shot is hyphenated word. Uh, nope, I don't nope. think that Jesse can win this round. No, long shot is one word. And I win one word. <laughs> what? Uh, I would have accepted long shot or gamble because I do like that the most out of all of them. Nice. Uh, when it yeah, comes- those I was going between the two. Yeah. So Jesse will win this round. My word nice. for him is zip. Um, his intermediate ball placement and his intermediate power 
the ability to basically laser it in specifically against zone coverage is right up there with Levis when it comes to arm strength and getting it out there. He cannot throw it as far as Levis can or some of the other big-armed quarterbacks like a Tanner McKee, but his intermediate throws are some of the most accurate that you're going to get. Um, his rushing upside does make him alluring, but I agree he is a long shot. He's just a guy where I've seen college production from DTR. I haven't seen it from Anthony Richardson. So until I see it in the NFL and I am told otherwise, I'm never going to have Richardson over DTR in my rankings when it comes to college. Um, but yes, agree, long shot. Jesse wins that round. We will round out the quarterback position and speed up just a little bit because I feel like I wasted too much time on the quarterbacks. One, one sec, we have breaking yeah, news. Breaking news, Chargers wide receiver Jalen Guyton re-signs. Sick. Uh, he's, the be- he's the best deep threat they've had on the team in the last, like, five years. So it's actually a good move for them. <laughs> um, but the last quarterback of note is a controversial one, uh, one that a lot of people have pretty divisive takes, and is Mr. Hennon Hooker out of the University of Tennessee. Um, hits the BMI metrics at 6'3", 217. Uh, his... Athletic profile prior to the injury was pretty good. He was a good little scrambler, good at escaping the pocket, and good at getting out when he needed to, which is saying something when you're working in a pretty much an air raid offense where they're like, for the love of God, don't run uh, at the quarterback position. And then he was number two in QBR across his career at the University of Tennessee, which again leans into the overall air raid system, I think, more so than anything. But he was at the 95th percentile in QBR was one of the only, again, quarterbacks and overall players in the list to hit all three metrics. Uh, what is your take on Mr. Hendon Hooker, Jesse? You went last last time, so let's go ahead and give you the first crack at the Tennessee quarterback. Beautiful. I have a great word for Hendon Hooker. I had this coming in, was hoping that mm-hmm. you would say Hendon Hooker. My word is schadenfreude. All right? So schadenfreude is basically shameful pride. It's when you take, it's when you take pleasure in someone else's pain. Right, so Hendon Hooker was, um, in my opinion, on his way to being a, a, a easy first round draft pick. Really showed, um, you know, not processing. Obviously, that's where he he lacks. But traits are really there. Strong arm runs. You know, he's strong like bull. Can definitely run, even though he hasn't, you know, wasn't asked to do it in college. Um, are you laughing at each other? <laughs> Strong like bull. <laughs> Strong, like bull. Strong like bull. So um, his – this injury to him is going to allow uh, a team to kind of uh, draft him later, uh, probably in the second round. I've seen him projected in the first, but at this point it's, it's probably not going to happen. Um, I, I really expect him to fall to the second, and a team is really going to uh, benefit from um, – an older prospect getting hurt late in the season um, and they're going to really enjoy it. So shot in Freida. Fair enough. Where are you at with Mr. Hendon hooker, Mike? All right. Um, I'm not taking shots at the person or anything like this. At this point, I'm just trying to have a good time, but uh, I'm going to go with geriatric for, (laughs) you know, he's definitely one of the older prospects, right? Over 25 year old years old. And that is coming off the injury. Um, I, I do agree with Chad and I, I, or Jesse, and I, you know, I think the potential is definitely there. But to be that old and coming off an injury is somewhat worrisome. I think for a team, I think there's a lot of smoke about him 
you know, being a mid first round pick or something like that, that's kind of going on right now. I don't think that's going to happen. I'd be shocked if he was picked in the first round to be completely honest. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with geriatric with the, with the name and the injury. Yeah. Well, you were going. concerned about not coming in with the, the fresh hot words, but you've been doing pretty well. So far. <laughs> Uh, Jack, where are you at with Hendon Hooker's round of the round? Yeah, so my word for Hendon Hooker is going to be translation. Um, And it's just because what he he did at Tennessee is so different from what he's going to be doing in the NFL. A team's really going to have to buy in that they can take what he did and took the bright spots, right? Because his production was outrageous in in Tennessee. And what he was able to do in that offense is great, but it's missing a lot of the um, NFL qualities you want to see uh, from a top-level quarterback. And so a team's going to have to look at his production there, look at what he did, and say, okay, can we translate this guy into the NFL and make him an NFL-caliber quarterback? And if they can, he could be a first-round pick. Uh, and and if no team buys into that, then, yeah, he's he's not. Yeah. No, that's completely fair. Uh, for full transparency, Chad's going to win this round again, and that is because the word I have written on my spreadsheet, uh, spreadsheet is translate question mark so uh that is the biggest question that i have again anytime there's an air raid quarterback you have questions and concerns about it translating to the nfl um also his processing speed people gave fields crap about that coming out he is always late on his throws and the only reason a lot of them deep specifically were successful is because jalen hyatt was like 10 yards past the person and could give up the extra half a second that was necessary for the ball to get to him. Um, I completely agree on hooker uh, right there and locks up with you, Chad. So that rounds up the quarterbacks. Um, just a time check in here. Are we in for the long run? Do we want to keep up with five or do you want me to cut it down? Here's what I was thinking. Um, are you, are you going to join us up for the draft special? Day yeah. two draft special. All right. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do your choice? We'll do either running backs or wide receivers tonight. Okay. And then we'll save the other two positions for uh, draft night. Okay, easy peasy. Is that cool. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's go running back because I feel like people are going to want that a little bit more just because people have some strong takes and the wide receivers will be able to talk a little bit more once we know some draft landing spots for those guys. Um, so let's go running backs. So again, five players. These are some of my favorite and some of my least favorite guys. I intermittently sprinkled in. There's one guy that really opened my eyes when I started looking at uh, the breakdown of the overall metrics that I had on here for the BMI, the Raz, and the Dominator. So I'll start with that guy. Um, probably, I mean, not even probably, the worst athletic showing that we got from the combine at the running back position and right up there with Mr. Kayshawn Bouti, who was at the wide receiver position, uh, Kenny McIntosh from Georgia. He has bombed his stock. And when you pair that with his overall RAS, his overall dominator score, which was 24th percentile, uh, just for transparency as well, his RAS was... 4.81, which is the 48th percentile. It puts him basically like the bottom 1,000 out of 5,000 running backs that have been drafted since 1987. Um, And the fact that he came in just at 204 at six foot, he has like an even slighter build than what we would have expected and what we got from a guy like Antonio Gibson in Washington uh, with kind of a similar profile. He's expected to be kind of that receiving back, uh, never got a true 
tried and true workload with the competition in the Georgia backfield, which is pretty common, but he's actually the only player on the list of 20 players that I had down that did not meet any of the category thresholds for athletics, college production, or his BMI. So looking at you, Jesse, where are you at with Kenny McIntosh and what is your word association with this player? I got this one sewn up. This is my point. Monkin. My, my word for Kenny McIntosh is Todd Monkin. So just keep it at Monkin. Only one Monkin. Oh, my bad. My word is for is Monkin. So um, Georgia's lucky for Kenny McIntosh. Georgia's offensive coordinator went to Baltimore and is now their offensive coordinator, and I think is going to save Kenny McIntosh's ass. And uh, because he knows the player so well and isn't going to go off of metrics, he'll convince the the Ravens to either draft him in the seventh round, sign him as a priority undrafted free agent but i do think he's going to get a shot at least despite the bombing of of the combine what you didn't mention as well is if you're actually watching um kenny mcintosh isn't he the one that tripped over the pylons um times in the deuce daily drill and had to reset it and everyone was like oh oh no it was he, it was he like that embarrassingly was bad. Pretty bad. But what was even worse is he went out and instead of his 4.64 that he got at the combine, he ran a sub 4.7. Sorry, not a sub, uh, 4.71 at his pro day. Oof. What he went out and put out. And so that's the window is back. <laughs> yeah, that, that's Elijah Holyfield numbers is what yeah. you're looking at when you're looking at that type of production from an athletic standpoint and a guy that didn't have the weight that Holyfield had. Mm-hmm. I mean, still has skill. Um, and like I said, lucky for him, his coordinator got a job in the NFL. Yep. All right. What about you, Mike? Where are you at with Mr. McIntosh out of Georgia? Um, I'm just I'm just going to go with irrelevant. I don't think he's going to be relevant at all in a, at an NFL no. or fantasy level, to be completely honest, when you bomb everything that much um, to not have big star power. I mean, his reception total is pretty interesting. Um as far as his receiving chops, I guess you could say, but I don't see this guy being much relevant. And I think UDA is written all over UDFA is written all over him, but Jesse could certainly be right about getting a chance in Baltimore. And that's probably best case scenario for him, to be honest. Yeah. What about you, Chad? Where are you at with McIntosh? Uh, I'm going to say concerning. Um, and it's because every, every step of the way where I'm watching this guy, um, in every part of this process, you're just finding new concerns. Um, you know, he's a, uh, a pass catching back who doesn't block well. Um, a guy whose athletic profile is, you know, down the drain at this point, who didn't look good in the drills, who, um, you know, he, while he has okay production, it's not elite production by any standard. Um, and it doesn't make up for anything else. So, uh, yeah, there's there's some significant love for this guy out there, and I just don't see it because every step of the way, you're, he's just showing – he's just uncovering new concerns for you to pick at. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, my word for transparency, I think it's blind. Uh, he is one of the worst processors behind the line that you'll see where he is a quick cut guy, which is kind of funny because when you see him, he was breaking decently long runs with that Georgia line, but you're looking at one of the better lines in all of college football at the university of Georgia. You're looking at one of the best offensive schemes we've seen when it comes to an overall consistency basis with Mr. Monken in Georgia. 
And yet time and time again, when you're watching film, he has negative runs where he is like, oh, yeah, I know I'm supposed to run kind of to the right hand side. There's two gaps. One's wide open. One has two blockers sitting in the cap. He'll run right into the two blockers. And so you saw that a lot when you were watching his film. Uh, I am giving the point to Jesse on the Monken vibe on this one. Um, I think that's pretty much the only way that he succeeds, which is saying that with a couple of players, just because Monken really can get the best out of his players, which I think is what we really saw with a guy like Kenny McIntosh in college. Um, especially when you take into account that like he couldn't beat out James Cook, who I also hate as a prospect. It's just like a little concerning. Um, but going on to another running back in this group is a guy that I like a lot and a guy that people are starting to hop on the train a little bit more. He's out of the University of Pittsburgh and it is Mr. Iggy Abanaconda. Um, he is one of the few players, uh, the only one actually at the running back position to hit all three of the metrics when it comes to BMI, RAS score, and QB dominator. He is the only running back outside of Bijan Robinson to be above 94%, and he is the highest QB dominator at 97th percentile at the running back position in this year's class. And his RAS score was a 9.88, which puts him in the top 4%. Uh, actually, sorry, the top 2%, basically, but the top, like, 40 running backs all time since 1987 when they started taking athletic measurables to actually enter the NFL draft. Uh, he came in heavier, quicker, and just overall great profile. He had one of the best – I mean, he led NCAA football last year in rushing, and he has a receiving profile that people don't want to talk about. Um, there is one aspect of his game that I'm thinking of when I think about his word association for myself. But where are you at with him, Chad, Mr. Abinaconda out of Pittsburgh? Yeah, I like Abinaconda, and I think I, I like him a lot. Um, have a little bit of bias there because he he's a Brooklyn boy. Um, yeah, but uh, anyways, uh, just had to throw that out there. I my my word for him would be undercover, um, because I think he's he's elite in several categories you're looking for uh in a in a in a running back prospect especially one that is probably going to be able to get in like the third round um and yeah not many people are talking about him not many people are putting his name forth as a guy that has you know the traits to be in you know potential elite running back but that's what I see when I when I see him at Pittsburgh that's what I see when I see his measurables um and so yeah undercover fair enough where are you at with Mr. Jesse is he a Bonaconda? I am going to say six. All right. The reason I say six to describe him is because the when I put on the tape to watch Izzy Bonaconda about a month ago, uh, the first thing I put on was Virginia Tech week six. Good game. Oh, <laughs> man. <Good> game. <laughs> This son of a bitch really showed who he was, right? Rushed for 320 yards. Um, you know, and this is a Power 5 conference. This is not some little chump Appalachian State school or whatever. This is Pitt versus Virginia Tech. And he put 320 yards on him. Boston Tony Dorsett's record from 1975, right? I just looked that up, by the way, because I, I had to see. Because I remember that, like I said, that was the first game that I put on and I fell in love with this kid. He's amazing. And I, and then I just couldn't stop watching tape. I couldn't stop. There's not enough of it out there for me to watch because he's so much. He's so fun. I can't wait for Izzy Abanaconda to hit the NFL. And I'm not going to say, and I, I don't think he's going to be a high draft pick either. Cause I don't think any of these running backs are going to be high draft picks. No. I think he's going to be kind of 
um, late day two, early day three, and he's going to sort of bust out. He, he doesn't remind me of Aaron Jones, but I can see him having that type of career. Drafted late, has a great camp, and immediately everybody knows that he's, oh, we got our starting running back in round four or five or whatever a team gets it. Yeah. Right? And that's what I see out of Izzy Abanaconda. Like, um, undercover is a really good word, too. Yeah. But for me, it's six because if you look at week six tape from him, you'll fall in love with this kid. He's a star in the making. Yeah. Uh, not to jump in front of you real quick, Mike, but um, for me, landing spot wise, the place that I put him in every single situation scenario, uh, the same place that I've been putting Darnell Washington, he is a Shanahan running back. But specifically, mm. if he goes to Miami, he's going to light the world mm. on fire. Um, he runs exactly how they want their running backs to run. And that's where I would love him. But where are you at with uh, Mr. Abinacana, Mike? <laughs> Um, so I guess I, oh man, sorry. I think I just, I think I just got the name. Um, but I want, you know, I, I don't <laughs> even know if this is using the word right. Cause I wanted to say workhorse, but I wanted to say like, kind of like a secret kind of workhorse, you know, like maybe someone that could be used in a workhorse, you know, way that, you know, like, not necessarily... like undercover. So I was going <laughs> to be like dark horse. Does that, does that work? Um, dark horse yeah yeah I, 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 I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say dark horse because he's someone that you know i think we're all kind of in agreement to be completely honest on him um because i think he's got the size he's got the speed but he's not going to get the capital so that's where i think he's going to be like that that dark horse uh you know kind of running back maybe similar to an isaiah pacheco kind of thing that we saw last year um where if he gets right role right situation he could really uh, show some good stuff. So I do like the Miami landing spot. That's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. And just to add to that, to what Dallas said, you know, he's, he's not got a lot of um, great footwork, no. short area quickness and a phone booth kind of guy. That's not him. He is a really good one cut and blasted up your ass kind of guy. So yeah, really my, good call with Miami. I agree. My, my word for him is linear. Uh, so he is in the same kind of vein of, which is no shocker if you've been listening to me over the last couple of years, he's in the vein of like a Pierre Strong, the, the just shot out of a cannon. You hit him in one hole, tell him to run in a straight line, and he's gone. You're not going to catch him. He's physical enough to break a tackle, and he will run as a, you know, shot out of a cannon. Um, Raheem Moster. Yeah, yeah, and Mostert, yeah, basically. Uh, I, I got to give it to Chad. Uh, it's uh, it's under, uh, undercover, I know. Uh, six really caught me off guard. I was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, uh, he is probably the most slept-on running back in the class right now. Um, he's usurped, actually, the next guy that I'm going to talk about for me. Um, they, so, they real, were, real quick before we yeah, move on from him, I just want to highlight um, – Something that you would get if you were a Dynasty Warzone Patreon member. Um, uh, Memphis, our leader, glorious leader Memphis, posted his rankings today or yesterday, his rookie rankings. Mm-hmm. And he's got Izzy Abanaconda as a first-round um, super flex rookie draft pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, when Late I saw that he had, he had him over Sean Tucker, I almost spit out my drink. <laughs> I was like, I love Izzy. I've always loved Izzy, but like, holy geez. Yeah. Yeah. Memphis is behind Izzy right now. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, no, it, it's super funny. But um, for me, Izzy slowly started creeping up on another guy that I know for a fact that Mr. Chad likes. Uh, it's Mr. Kendra Miller out of TCU. So I've actually been on this podcast before with you gentlemen talking about Mr. Kendra Miller before. We had a little love session, but um, athletically, not what you're looking for. QBR dominator, not really what you're looking for. But if you put on the tape, he should be your guy if you're a tape guy because he is very fun to watch play. Um, I'll give you first at bat chat since you won the last round. Where are you at with Mr. Kendra Miller and what's your word association with him? Uh, Chad Forfeits. Oh, Chad Forfeits. It's all right. All right, Jesse, you take the bat. Go ahead. Nice. Okay. Uh, I think Chad's back. We'll give him a chance. Okay, he's bad. Chad, you oh, 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 my mic's acting up. You're okay. <laughs> All right. Um, sorry about that, guys. You're good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to... I think we lost them again. Yeah, yeah, your mic's um, acting up still. Jesse, just take the bat. All right, Chad, get it together, we'll, Chad. Chad. we'll come back to you. I'm going to go with bashful, is my word for Kendra Miller. For a man um, of his size and traits, he should be... Um, laying his shoulder into people and knocking them into next Tuesday, and he's not, right? He's a little shy on contact, and I don't really like that about him. Um, I like everything else about him. All the things that you said about him are true. But then you get to the really one thing that stood out to me on tape, and that's that he sort of – he has a way of of kind of turning his shoulder – and not squaring up and hitting a guy like he should. Um, and it, it, to me, it looks like he's almost shielding himself instead of delivering a blow, which makes him feel bashful, seem bashful to me. Yeah, that's fair. He, he's pretty similar in that vein to Chase Brown, which is saying something that's kind of funny because Chase Brown is one of the larger running backs in the class, but he does the same thing whenever I watch him on tape. I'm like, why are you not like laying yeah. the wood on this DB? Yeah, what's that little – there's a weird little shoulder move that is not na- natural. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll – that's my word. I have a word to describe that, and that's my word for him. So we'll get to that after. But, Mike, where are you at with uh, Mr. Kendrick Miller of the TCU? you familiar? Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say dog, and then I'm watching him, and I'm like, man, he does not – have it at all so maybe we'll be like puppy yeah that's what we'll go with we'll go with puppy puppy (laughs) he doesn't have that dog factor it looks like you know uh, yeah um, yeah i've seen it's funny you say that because that's exactly what i was looking for when i put on his film i thought i was gonna see a dog and i didn't yeah yeah Yeah. we'll go with that fair enough chad are you back back. mike working Probably not. All right, fine. Well, I'll round out the segment. He's disqualified for this round. He can't talk about one of his favorite players. Uh, But for me, to describe that uh, upper body movement, my word for him is windmill. He does this thing with his shoulders where he spins his arms like they're windmills. And Mm -hmm. rather than squaring up, like you're saying, and laying the wood, he does that move. Completely agree. Should be more physical. But for some freaking reason, it works every single time he does it to where he literally is doing this and it's just like he's not even stuttering stepping with his feet he's literally just moving his upper body and the db is like oh well, well, where is he going and then he just <laughs> runs by him every single time and i'm like what is happening right now um 
But for me, he's one of the most electric players that's in the draft. Uh, Jesse, you will win this round by default because <laughs> Chad doesn't get to defend himself. And Mike, you had to think about that on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that's the first time I've ever asked someone about a prospect as they're watching film on the prospect also. Yeah. <laughs> Just breaking analysis here. Just breaking it down. But breaking yeah, no, analysis. he's a guy. I agree that the physicality, if he had the physicality that, say, uh, the next running back we'll be talking about, Mr. Tank Bigsby had, he would probably be up there in the conversation for RB2 in this year's class uh, in all totality, just with what he was able to put up this year, the athleticism, pretty much everything to his overall you know, prospect profile. But Jesse won that round. Um, I'll give you a, a, a hint on this one. Uh, there was a word that was used to describe a previous player that is my word for Tank Bigsby on this one. It is not one that I've used, but it's one that one of you all used earlier in here. Um, for those of you not familiar with the Auburn running back, six foot, 210. Um, he was the only running back outside of Kenny McIntosh and really only one of three players, including all of the undersized wide receivers, to not meet the BMI metrics. He came in a little bit lighter than we anticipated him coming in at, with as tall as he is. Um, but he does have a great RAS score, ran a lot better than we anticipated. So he's in the 88th percentile athletically, had a 64% dominator. Um, and I have a word that has previously been stated already. But uh, Mr. Jesse, where are you at with the Auburn Tiger running back? I'm not going to try to guess your word because I have a word. It's okay. Yeah. Right. All right. So my word for him is Jack. Mm-hmm. Right. I, there's two different reasons my word is for Jack for him. Number one, he's the Jack in a deck of cards right he's not an ace he's not a king he's not a queen but he's definitely a face card mm-hmm. you know what i mean you get a pair of day you, you get a pair of tank bigsby's and you can open right jacks are better to open so i just that's how i see him um i guess the other way to use jack would be jack of all trades master of none is exactly how i see tank bigsby he's a yep. good Good pass protector. He's a good pass receiver. He's not great at either one of those things. He's a good runner between the tackles. He's he's done some zone. He's played some gap. I think he's pretty 50-50 with both of them from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can do a little bit of everything um, and at a pretty high level, but he's just not a master of anything. You know, yeah. He's just not going to jump out at you. He's going to make a really solid back, a really good probably 1B to uh it depends on on who the other back is you know like what i want to see him in philly no i want to see him opposite of an electric back you know um you mean like tony pollard in dallas yes i would love, yes. I would love yeah. to see that that i think that 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 is perfect yeah right? that's my landing spot prediction for him that i did in last week's episode was dallas for him it makes yeah, a lot of sense that's where i heard that before i heard yeah. dallas, <laughs> saying dallas. dallas saying dallas yeah, yeah. so uh, Tank Bigsby's a jack. Yeah, uh, it, it's a pretty common comp for him, but it's I wouldn't say exactly play style wise, but the same kind of mindset that players have in the dynasty space is David Montgomery. Uh, people aren't in love with David Montgomery, but he is significantly better than the people that hate him say he is. Um, is how I would say kind of where you're at with Tank Bigsby. I I, I, heard Chad. Chad. I think we got. I'm Chad. back. I'm back. I think. Am I back? back? Welcome back, Trotsky. Thank you. Thank you. Did I win? <laughs> no, you did not. 
<laughs> there you go. Mike, Mike, why don't you give us your take on uh, Tank Bigsby out of Auburn, then we'll let Mike, uh, not Mike, Chad catch his breath and uh, hop back in to round out the round. Yeah, no, I'll go I'll go with dog on this one because I'm really trying to win this round. So I already mm-hmm. said it for the other one. So I'm going to say it there because I think he is. I mean, come on. He's got a name named Tank. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I think he underwhelmed, I think, a little bit in the last season. Um, but I really like the target share for him. And he he's really one of those middle, you know, mid-second guys that I'm really kind of excited to draft. So um, yeah. but I'm going to give him that dog. He's a dog. That's fair. Um, and then for you, I will give you the same hint I gave the other guys. Uh, the word I have for Tank Bigsby is a word that has previously been used as a guest by one of you three for a previous prospect bought up in the quarterback and or running back position. He's thinking about it. <laughs> we got you, Shad. Don't do that to me, man. I can't even remember what I said last. Um, <laughs> uh, inconsistent. Ooh. Okay. Am I, am I, is something I'm saying it's funny? not the word, but you can explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I'm just going to say, um, you know, he does he does a lot of things well um, from a production standpoint. Uh, I think he's, you know, a pretty versatile player uh, uh, who, you know, can go a lot of different places and, and find production. Uh, uh, but uh, – uh, I think we lost him. Yeah, I think we lost him again. <laughs> All right, so – but, but he was uh, it was not inconsistent. It was a word that Mr. Chad used previously, though, in almost. Uh, so it goes in lockstep with Jesse's answer, where he is almost good enough in every category for me to be in love with him, but he is not. So he is, as Jesse said, a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. So Mr. Jesse wins the round. We have a very hotly contested competition with a 4v4 matchup right now with one remaining player on the list. Mike, you could get back in the race if you were to get this, and it is one of my favorite players in the draft. So if you know anything about my content, you might still be in luck here. Uh, It is Mr. Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. With the running back, you're looking at a slightly undersized when uh, compared to the last two that we talked about, but 5'9", 207, uh, actually sitting at a higher BMI than three out of the four that I've previously talked to already. Um, You're looking at a guy with if he had tested probably the best athletic profile up there with Izzy Abanaconda in this year's draft and a 75th percentile dominator rating. When you're looking at him overall, there's one word that comes to mind every time I look at him, and let's see how you gentlemen do. Uh, Mike, would you like to go first or last? I will give you the option. I'll go first. Okay. Because I know how my co-hosts feel about this guy. So I'm going to go with love. Because okay. everybody in our podcast loves loves Sean Tucker, love loves Sean the Tucker. profile, loves the production, loves everything about him. Just want him to get the draft capital. It's the only thing that we got to yeah. wait to see. Didn't like him not not doing stuff at the combine, right? And it was kind of hush hush for a while. Really didn't like seeing that. Um, but obviously, he did really well at his pro day. Um, really good to see. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with love because we all love. Yeah, I think in just for the listeners that aren't aware, I think there was a medical stoppage put on him actually performing most of the drills at the combine. I think it was something internal, um, not to kind of lean into it. But I think Chad had mentioned it on one of the podcasts a couple weeks ago, he 
thought it may have been something cardiovascular, which I think it actually was. Uh, it was a red flag that came up with the medicals that actually stopped him from running or doing any of the other stuff. He would just was medically cleared the 15th and was able to then get the medical clearance to actually do like a kind of hush hush workout for the other teams. So we should get some uh, positive feedback coming up, but that definitely is something to take note. You are correct with that. And we all do love him here at the DWZ network because he's amazing. Uh, Jesse, where are you at with Mr. Sean Tucker out of Syracuse? Thank you, Dallas. Thank you for that last part. All right. And thank you for clearing up something that Chet and I got in a really, really heated <laughs> uh, argument about before we started recording a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> to the point where I was like mad when we started. <laughs> but it, it, my word for him is misunderstood. All right. Uh, Sean, Tuck, Sean Tucker is, a, in my opinion, a, like an A minus level prospect. Um, excellent prospect. You know, really almost on the level of Gibbs. I, I see them as similar talents, but just different styles. You know, Sean Tucker is a a track athlete, so people don't understand the speed that this guy has. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't use it in the same way Gibbs does, where Gibbs will accelerate and decelerate and toy with players with his the the his speed. Um, and uh, Gibbs is more of a more of a cutter, you know, side to side agility type. Of, where Tucker looks like a sprinter on the field, you know, he's a darter where he'll, he'll get it at opening and just, I I compare him to Dalvin. Dalvin does that a lot um, where he's, he's not maybe the most fluid agile athlete, but um, really strong at the point of contact and um, good vision understands where his holes are and can hit them hard. Uh, Like Brian Westbrook used to say acceleration, um, through the hole, not to the hole. Yeah. Right. And this, that's what I see out of Tucker. I think a lot of people, he's misunderstood because he, people were expecting to see him show up at the, at the combine and um, confirm like all the athletic testing that we wanted to see out of him. And that all his, all his proponents are, you know, all of his, all the people that like Tucker are, you know, we're counting. And then it didn't happen, and people thought it was a mistake, and why did he do that, and blah, blah, blah. And people didn't understand that it was a medical issue. And, you know, per HIPAA laws in this country, he doesn't have to let that be disclosed. Yeah. And he chose to um, he chose his right to medical privacy, and people didn't understand that at the time. Um, and I think still don't. I think he's still being misunderstood. And I people think that he's falling down draft boards in the NFL. I don't think that that's the case at all. I think that Sean Tucker has worked out for NFL teams and his draft stock is going to, it's the only reason his draft stock will fall is if there's something in the medicals that we don't know about. Right. So just to clarify with Sean Tucker, really high level prospect that you can expect to go on day two. You know, I really see him as a round three mm-hmm. running back. I mean, he's what you would see, have seen in the round in round two a few years ago, right? Borderline round one con, uh, type of player 15 years ago. Yeah. But now, well, 15 years ago, he wasn't big enough. But yeah. anyway, now he's, you know, 
this is where running backs go. Day three, you know, round three, round four, that kind of thing. Like I said, misunderstood. I know it was a long rant, but there's a lot out there on Tucker and people don't understand my takes on Tucker. People don't understand um, how, how to evaluate this prospect. Just understand that the traits are there. And if he gets, if, if he gets, I mean, if there are no medical red flags, you'll know it, at, you know, during the NFL draft by where he goes. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you kind of touched on it, but he's much more in the vein of like a Jamal Charles, Chris Johnson, which I know that is super high praise. I'm not calling him the next Jamal Charles or Chris Johnson, but with the way that they run their linear long speed and their acceleration through the hole um, where they, they don't mess around very often. They do that jump step and then they're gone is kind of how he operates. But uh, Chad, sounds like you're back. Do you want to round out Mr. Sean Tucker for me with a reward? Yeah, my favorite player in the draft, so wouldn't wouldn't miss this one. Um, but yeah, Sean Tucker. So yeah, I struggle with this one because there's so many different words I want to use to describe him. Um, but I guess my number one would be controlled, um, which I think is my the thing that I find most impressive about him. Right, like everybody knows, it, it's easy to see he's explosive. It's easy to see he's has this you know competitive spirit about you know, running the ball and, 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 you know, meeting people head on and staying square uh, when, when he's meeting contact and, and, and all these kind of things that you get really excited about. But what I love most about him is that with all that athletic ability and everything he does, you know, the control that he possesses to be able to manipulate his body in and out of jumps in and out of <clears throat> um, transitioning uh, is, you know, exceptional next level for me. And I think, uh, you know, if he if he finds himself into you know a uh, uh, situation where they allow him to be a three down back, I, I mean, I I see him as one. I see him as one to be completely honest with you. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of to touch on these last two points, uh, I almost gave it to you, Mike, until Chad said control because that is the definitive difference between Sean Tucker and Devin A Chain for me is that A-Chain runs out of control. You find him slipping because he's running so fast. And these are the only two players in this year's draft at the running back position where when I see them run on tape, I literally like say, wow, that guy's fast. Like that guy mm -hmm. is cooking right now. Um, my word for Sean Tucker is gone because if he hits a hole and you don't hit him within about five yards of him hitting that hole, you're not catching him. He was not caught from behind at any point. And him and A-Chain are the only two that actually, you can say that in this running back class, typically. Um, they're just very impressive prospects in general. Don't worry, Jesse. You got the next game to catch up. Um, but he's gone because, again, that that's the defining difference between A-Chain and Tucker for me is the control aspect, Chad. Exactly what you said. And it's a large reason why we love him so much. Um, plus, also what you had mentioned, Jesse, when it comes to Dalvin Cook, people don't realize that Dalvin's actually quite a bit leaner and smaller weight-wise than what they see him as, just because he's a little bit taller. They measured in almost identically coming out into the combine. Um, basically, Tucker came in at like 5'9 and a half. Dalvin was at 5'10. Dalvin was 209, and Tucker was 207. So basically, that like quarter of an inch in two pounds is the only difference that you're actually seeing between the two, and they have a very similar play style. Um, it's, I should get the win, man, for that. <laughs> no, you said misunderstood. Is what, what yeah, but he said. is. He really is. 
but uh yeah no so that's where i'm at um this has been a fun little game uh my i feel, I feel like up on wide receivers and tight ends would, would be what i have to say to you i'm the, brother, I'm the brother on everybody loves raymond right <laughs> like the I big mean, I just fucking dumb one like I love you, Jesse. I can wait. I can do a. I can do a good rank. Ah, hey, my brother's Paul. <laughs> yeah, that's my. Everybody loves. That's good. Like an old oh, man. That's good. <laughs> well, that was some uh, some fun little uh, back and forth on some prospects that I enjoyed, guys. I will give you all one hint. You can study up on the tape on the wide receivers and tight ends. There is one player that I compared to a Bobcat, like a backhoe, the Bobcat brand of backhoes, like those little. Uh, little lift things uh you can probably so guess what hoe. position he's on um but yeah. yeah just just think about it and mull it over until you see me next saturday <laughs> nice saturday no friday. Oh, friday, friday, friday 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 so week from friday this coming friday a week from it day two of the nfl draft will be live uh no later than seven o'clock when the draft starts but we'll probably be a little earlier than that um that Will be happy hour. Beverages will be flowing throughout the night. Dallas will be joining us. Brian Ford will be joining us. I've got a couple of surprise guests that I have to confirm. Um, but we should be um, in and out with guests all night covering the entire uh, second and third round of the NFL drafts. Um, so join us. Hopefully, I'm going to stay conscious through the whole thing this year. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, for those of you that do not know, I'm going to be at the draft, actually, live. I oh, I didn't in, know that. I live in Kansas City, so I will be boots on the ground reporting for you all. Um, so we have a live – we're going to live stream from the draft, day two. Boom. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow, that's amazing. All right, so lots of games that night as well. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a blast. Um, that's all our plugs. Dallas, where can we find you? What do you do? Yeah, um, as always, you can find me on the DWZ Network. I'm the host of the Rookie Rundown. Episodes drop Monday morning, so if you're watching the, uh, the live stream here, it was dropped last night, I think around midnight is when Memphis usually pops them up. Um, I just recently started uh, collabing on some uh, Dynasty slash DWZ-related gear with Memphis. Um, I've been cooking them up, popping them out, and they've been pretty successful. Um, but rookie content is where I'm at right now. Uh, I have one more episode that is going to drop prior to the NFL draft. And then it's recap positional rankings, Oklahoma drills, everything you know and love from my content, uh, pumping out for about the next four months. So it should be fun. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Dallas is our resident, um, rookie guy. So, uh, basically our, our expert that we defer to when, um, we have questions in the chat. We go right to Dallas because even with defensive players, he's just on it. I love college football. And everyone needs to love Jalen Cropper, all right? I don't care where he goes. Everyone's a Jalen Cropper fan come day two, all right? Right on. All right. So just <laughs> we'll see. Confirm, Chad did win again. Three hey. wins for Chad this year. Hey, I what? won the comment section. I won the comment section. Yeah, there's no such okay. thing. Um, I have an actual win and a hosting win, and Mike has none. There's no such thing as a hosting (laughs) win. That's like as valid as the comment section win. They neither one exists. Above a hosting win, that doesn't count. You're hosting. So, So Mike. So, Mike, you have zero wins. That must be hard for you. Um, 
That's what you said. Uh. <laughs> when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak